Buenos días, familia. Good morning. I'm glad to be here. Thank you, Pastor Stephen, for the invitation. Uh, my name is Eddie Alleman. I am serving as General Secretary for the Reformed Church in America since July, July 1. So I'm just getting my, my feet wet and getting, getting to know people, meeting, meeting a lot of friends and a lot of people in many, many different places. I'm glad to be here. I'm, I'm really excited to uh, worship with you this uh, first Sunday of Advent. Um, this is a, the season of hopeful expectation. We're expecting the coming, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, my wife is not here with me today. Um, we are part of a church plant, and our pastor took a call to Chicago, so he moved on, and I'm helping as much as I can. So my wife uh, uh, stayed in Grand Rapids in our, in our church plant, so that's why she's not, she's not with me. But I had three of my friends here, that uh, great people that uh, we do ministry together. I don't say we work together. We do ministry together. Uh, my brother Dan, uh, he's part of our development team, and, and uh, he's a great, great leader, great, great pastor, pastor here in, in Holland, right, for many years. And, and also Bob and Kelly. Kelly is our director of human resources, and, and Bob is our newest appointed missionary to work with uh, the, the, the Presbyterian Church of Manaus in Brazil. They are doing a great, great uh, mission work in, uh, along the Amazon River, and my brother Bob is going to be uh, supporting that work of sharing the gospel and equipping church planters and blessing people, blessing leaders in that area as we, as we seek to follow Jesus and uh, plant churches along the Amazon River in, in Brazil. So thank you. Thank you, friends, for, for, being, for being here with, uh, with me today, uh, worshiping the Lord. This is a great day. Amen. It's a beautiful day to come and, and worship. You know, I, in, the last, uh, in the last four months um, since I became general secretary, for me has been a huge learning curve. I came from the local church. I was a pastor. I was a pastor in, in Canada. I did ministry also in California, in the Central Valley of California. I was actually doing mission work uh, with uh, a lot of the Mexican community in Central California. You know, I, I, I do speak Spanish, but um, I'm not from Mexico. And uh, when I came to the Central Valley after I graduated from Western Theological Seminary, came down to Fresno, um, and, uh, and my job as part of the classes of Central California was to, was to reach the uh, Latino community in that area, because, you know, if you see the the census, the demographic uh, studies in California, uh, Latinos are the, the, the largest eth ethnic uh, group. And I began doing ministry in Fresno and also in the Central Valley of California. And I needed to become a little more Mexican. You know, even though we speak Spanish, you know, I'm not Mexico. So I, I, I started, you know, connecting with a lot of them, trying to learn how they say different things. I even went to a, to a bookstore to buy a, a, a little book of Mexican phrases. And, uh, and I, it was so funny because we speak Spanish, but we eat different. We do things differently. Even jokes, you know, it's, are different jokes. And I remember, you know, in my sermons trying to connect with friends, and I say a couple Mexican jokes, and my, my wife said, Eddie, that, that, that's not funny. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I had to say it's not for you, you know, for my, the people I'm trying to reach. So I, I've been trying to uh, uh, pass our work in, in Center Valley Church Planting. So my wife is, is in, in our church plant right now helping. 
Uh, but but I, 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 started, I started serving as general secretary for the Reformed Church in America four months ago, and I've been able to, to preach and meet with a lot, of, a lot of our friends, a lot of our classes, regional synods, and, and preaching in a lot of our churches. I was looking at uh, my calendar. You know, I was seeing my calendar in the last three, three months. I've been preaching every single Sunday which is great. You know, I'm, I'm a pastor, and I love that. And this is one of the, one of the pieces that I, love, that, I, that I miss right now working in our denominational offices, to be a pastor in a local church, to be, you know, with, with God's people, you know, to pray for people, to cry with people, to, to laugh with people, you know, to baptize, you know, those who need to be baptized, to marry those that need to be married, and, and to, to do all of the pastoral work. So, so my, the opportunity that God has given me in the last three or four months to share God's Word and meet a lot of new friends like you. I was here a few, a few years ago, uh, you know, for a funeral. I came, and, and I see that now the, the building is a little different now because that, that few years ago, you, I, I didn't see the other side, but it's, it's beautiful. So you did a great job. Uh, I was here for Marsha Lynn's uh, funeral a couple years ago. Marsha and Mark uh, good friends uh, of mine, you know, when, when I was uh, a seminary student, they, they really were a huge uh, blessing for me and, and, and my family. And when, when Marsha passed away, I, I came for the funeral a couple years ago. So I, this is my second time here, and, and I'm glad to be, to be here. So this morning, I, I want to share with you um, uh, something that I have been talking about um, in the last uh, four months since I became General Secretary to, for the Reformed Church in America, and this is a call that I have been making to the churches, to the classes, to the regional synods of the, of the RCA, and, and it's a call that, that, that I believe is going to help us as we, as we move on uh, in mission, in ministry. You know, the Reformed Church in America has been doing ministry for almost 400 years, which is, a, which is an amazing, it's an amazing thing. Uh, but for some reason, you know, our focus has been in a different place in the last, in the last years. So, so my call to the church at this time in our history, and, uh, and I want to share with you this first Sunday of Advent, it, it is an invitation to go back, you know, to, to really understand uh, the power of the Holy Spirit. And, and today, if we, if we read the Gospels and you see the story of Jesus, the birth of Jesus, you see the Holy Spirit doing an amazing work in, in preparing the way, uh, in leading the way for the, for the birth of Jesus, for the coming of Jesus. So, so this morning, I'd like to read from the book of Acts, chapter 1, uh, the book of Acts, chapter 1, uh, verse 8, and this is... Um, this is one of the passages, and this is, you know, after the resurrected Jesus began talking to his disciples and those who were following him. Book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. Hear the word of the Lord. Just only one, only one verse. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem. And in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. This is the word of the Lord. So the first Sunday of Advent, this is the first Sunday of Advent. Advent is a season of hopeful expectation. 
Somebody, you know, people ask, well, how do you define Advent? Well, Advent is the hopeful expectation of the coming of Jesus. When, when the Lord invites us to wait, to wait for the coming, to wait for the coming of Jesus. And, and the Holy Spirit, you know, when we think about the birth of Jesus, and we, when we think about not only the birth of Jesus, but the ministry of Jesus, and then the ministry of the church, the Holy Spirit really plays a really important and important role. However, the Holy Spirit is often the forgotten member of the Trinity. You know, we, we, we talk about, about God and we know, we study about God, we study about, about Jesus. But, but when it comes, you know, to really understand the work of the Holy Spirit, uh, uh, we, we failed, and I include myself, to really pay a lot of attention to, attention to the work of the Holy Spirit. So, um, so we, for some reason, for some reason, uh, many, in, many, in many contexts, um, in many different places, you know, to study and learn about the Holy Spirit, it is, it is so different, especially when we, when we see different kinds of, different groups of people. You know, we reform people, you know, we base, we focus on different things, and then we talk about Pentecostal, you know, I, I was, you know, I met Jesus in a Pentecostal church. I came to the Reformed Church in America, you know, about 20, 28 years ago. But in my youth, in my youth, I, I met Jesus actually in a Pentecostal church. Uh, it, was, uh, it was a really uh, charismatic church in Canada, actually. It was, it was in Toronto. It was a, a, a Latino congregation. It was a Puerto Rican pastor doing ministry in, in Toronto. And I was a, was a young person, a young, young person coming, coming to know Jesus, coming to know uh, the Lord. And, uh, but then I came to the Reformed Church in America a little later after that uh, experience. And, uh, and I, I, I could tell the difference. You know, they, they made a huge emphasis on on, many, on different things uh, of, of, of life, you know, focusing on the Holy Spirit. Uh, but then I came to the Reformed Church, and our focus was a little, a little bit more, you know, go deep in Scripture, study more the Bible, you know, know, get to know more about Jesus and all of that. In the other context, you know, in my youth, they were more about prayer and fasting and all of those all of those different things. So, so for me, in my, in my, you know, in, in my growing up, thinking about all of that, I said, well, if we, can, if we can somehow, you know, practice both things together to really pray more and, and fast more and also, of course, go deep in Scripture and read more and, and really understand more. For, for Jesus, it is important in, in looking at this passage here, this is the resurrected Jesus the disciples gathered with him, and the disciples were worried about what's going to happen after. What's going to happen with the ministry? The persecution is, is going on here. Jesus, are you going to do something special for us uh, this time? Are you going to really uh, uh, finally free us from the, from the Roman Empire? Are you going to do something special here? So, But Jesus, you know, the recommendation of Jesus was for them to remain in Jerusalem. Because they would be empowered by the Holy Spirit. So he said, stay here and you will receive the power of the Holy Spirit. And then you will be my witnesses in the different contexts that is, are mentioned here in this, in this, in this passage. So, so he is inviting his followers, his disciples to really learn to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. But what does that, what does that mean? 
And I think that's an important question for us. What does it mean to live in the power of the Holy Spirit? But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And the question to, for me today and for us today, what does, that, what does it mean to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, especially now in this time of our history in the Reformed Church in America, and also our own context, our own situation, our own, own personal situation. What does it mean to live in the power of the Holy Spirit? And you see the book of Acts is actually a, a, a book that, that, that reflects and, and shows the importance and, and the importance of the Holy Spirit. I, somebody said that the book of Acts shouldn't be called the book of Acts of the Apostles, but should be called the book of Acts of the Holy Spirit. Because if you see the work of the Spirit, even when, you know, when Jesus said in chapter 1 that they will receive power of the Holy Spirit, and then in chapter 2 you see the coming of the Holy Spirit, and then from chapter 2 to the end you see the work of the Holy Spirit doing an amazing work for the church in the, in the, in, in the first century. So they, they were empowered, they were invited to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, because, and, and I believe in the, in the Reformed Church in America, right now, this is what, uh, what we need to refocus right now. Uh, we have been dealing with a lot of different things, and, and I'm sure that you know uh, the situation that we're dealing in, in the RCA at this point in, the, in our history. But I, I believe that God is up to something amazing for all of us not only for the, for the local churches, for the pastor, but God is, up, is, up, is about to do something, something great in our midst. And I believe so. I strongly believe that God is up to something great in, in our life. And, and also these awesome things that, that God is about to, to bring in the Reformed Church in America, it will be impacting all of the local churches like this one, like this, uh, like this church in, in, in Holland. <clears throat> so what does it look like? on a practical level, to live in the power of the Holy Spirit in an everyday life. And I want to share with you some practical things that I, I think will be important as we, as we focus on living on the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, here are five ways that I want to share with you on some of the, you know, on practical ways, about practical ways of living in the power of the Holy Spirit. Number one, uh, we need to learn uh, to get before God always, all the time. So living in the power of the Holy Spirit starts when you get before God. It starts when we try to really come close to Jesus one more time, to, to confess our sins before God, to confess, you know, the things that we have done and the things that we have left undone. We just need to learn how to get closer to God. Uh, Come near to God, says James. In chapter 4, James says, come near to God and he will come near to you. So, so studying a practice of getting close to the Lord, uh, and, and I'm not talking only as in a personal level, but I'm talking about in a denominational level. We really need to know how to pray. And it might be, you know, for us, it might sound like strange. You know, prayer is the, is the most basic you know, you know the, the most basic practice of, of every Christian in, in, in Christianity. But the reality is that sometimes we, we don't do that. Um, uh, so for us, you know, I'm in the process of hiring a new coordinator for prayer mobilization. 
Um, we didn't have anybody on staff to really lead prayer in a denominational level because I don't think we need a season of prayer. I think we need to become a denomination that prays. I, I believe that uh, when we gather as a, as a denomination, we, we need to re, refocus our, our thinking and the, thing, and the things that we do when we, when we come together. So we, we are going to, to, to focus a lot on prayer. So, because that, that, is the, that is the most basic, the most basic step to start to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. So, we need to be a prayerful denomination. Uh, we need to, 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 to coordinate uh, with our classes, you know, the importance of prayer. And also, we need to have prayer summits uh, to really teach our people how to pray. And, you know, I, I talk as a, as a church planter myself. You know, when I was a pastor, uh, a lot of people that, that started coming to our church, to our congregation, uh, they had no idea of what it means to talk to God. And it is, it is amazing to know the reality that, uh, that, that that's a reality that many people do not know what it means and how to pray. I can, I can see, you know, the, the disciples, the, the, the questions that the disciples asked, asked Jesus about, about prayer when they came to Jesus and said, Lord, teach us to pray. Teach us to pray. So that is a, an example from Scriptures of the importance of prayer, the importance of getting, coming before the Lord. You know, come near to God and He will come near to you for some reason you know, that, that we, have, we have come, up, you know, away from the Lord. So we need to go back. We need to start studying those, those spiritual disciplines that are, that are really important. As we, as we follow Jesus are really important, you know, in, the, in, our, in, in our life and, and mission. Uh, we need to, to come, to start coming, you know, more closer to the Lord to prayer. So, so I ask you to pray for that new position for us because we are going to refocus our, our work uh, as a denomination, you know, and inviting our churches, inviting our classes, inviting our, our regional synods to pray more. Uh, we're going to spend more time in prayer when we meet in general synod meetings uh, because those are, those are really important things. And I'm not talking just at the beginning and at the end of our meetings. I'm talking about spending quality time with Jesus. Amen? It, it is so important to spend quality time with the Lord, to spend time with Jesus, to, to, to put a pause in the things that we're doing and say, Lord, uh, we're here, we're here to, to listen to you. So, many times we're guilty of not listening to the Lord. Many times we're guilty of being led by our own you know, convictions in our, the way we think, you know, the way things should be. And, and, and it is time for us to come and say, Lord, Lord, help us to, allow me, Lord, help me to listen to you. I need to, know, to learn, Lord, how, how to listen. So, so, so the beginning of the new, of, 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 of living in the power of the Holy Spirit has to do with, with listening, listening to the Lord, spending time with God. Spending time with God every morning, in the evening, during the day. Spending time, spending time with the Lord. You know, when I was a pastor in the Central Valley, I used to spend one day in a, in a retreat. And those days were really, really important for me. And I need to confess 
that I, when I moved out of the Central Valley and went to Los Angeles to do ministry, that was a big church, and we had a lot of things going on every single day. Every single day, meeting after meeting, and meeting here, meeting there. And let me confess that I, I, you know, I said, I don't have time for my practice of going to a retreat to spend one day with the Lord. So I came to the RCA offices four years ago, and let me tell you, my work has doubled. <laughs> so now I don't, have, I don't have any time. But I, I, I asked my, the person that works with me, my assistant, and I said, Alina, her name is Alina. I said, Alina, please schedule some days for me that I need to go away. I'm not going to tell you when. You tell me when. And you just let me know when I need to go. So I have, my, I have three retreat day schedules for me. Because it is important to come before the Lord. And, and I believe in this Advent season, I, I, I believe this is important to spend more time in, in, with the Lord. Spend more time with Jesus. So I'm going to go away with just my Bible and myself. I'm going to turn off my phone. I'm going to leave my phone with my wife. And I'm just going to go with, with my old Bible, the Bible that has been with me for a long time. We need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. We need to hear the voice of Jesus. So the second practical way to live in the power of the Holy Spirit is to learn to humble, humble yourself. If you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to empty yourself first so that He will fill you with His presence. So we are too much full of ourselves and we need to learn to take those things away and say, Lord Jesus, fill me with your presence. Fill me with your spirit. Especially in this season, when we think about the way the coming of Jesus, we just need to come before the Lord and say, Lord, fill me with your presence. I'm too, too much, you know, I, I'm too much of myself. I'm too much of my own decisions, my own, practice, my own things, my own, my own, you know, desires. But help me, Lord. You know, fill me with your presence. So, so in order for, for, for the Lord to do that, we need to learn how to be empty of ourselves. You know, like Jesus himself was empty. He emptied himself for us, for, for you and for me. Also, James chapter 4 says, God opposes the proud but shows his favor to the humble. Humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. This is from James, you know, uh, uh, learning to, to humble ourselves, especially, you know, in this culture, the culture that we live now, where people, you know, value your tenacity, value who you are. So I think it's important to say, no, I, I will ask Jesus, I will ask the Lord to fill me with his presence. I will empty myself. I will take away all of my desires and my agendas, and I will allow the Holy Spirit to come and fill me. Because that, that is the way that we can be filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. So humbling yourself is not an easy thing to do. It's, it is a difficult thing to do, especially, especially in, the, in the culture that we're living now. You know, uh, the culture that we, live, that we live now values, you know, proud people. It is, it is unbelievable, but that, that is our culture. So, but 
Jesus will bless us when we humble ourselves, and that will allow us to continue to be, to, 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 to be filled with the presence of Jesus, the presence of the Lord. So number three, uh, another practical way to, to, to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit, obey, obey what the Bible says to you. It is unbelievable that many times we fail to obey, you know. Uh, many times, you know, obedience is a difficult thing for many of us. Uh, this requires listening, listening and obedience. First, before, be, uh, first when you get before God, you know, don't, uh, don't try to do all the talking. Listen. You know, if you look at Acts 13... Acts 13, you know, the book of Acts, um, verses 2 and 3, it is important what it says. You know, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, and I'm talking about the church in, in, in Antioch. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, Set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work for which I have, I have called them. So after they had fasted and prayed, they placed their hand and sent them and place their hands on them and send them off to do the work of mission. So this is Paul and Barnabas, and the church was praying. And you know what happens when you pray and when you take the time to be before the Lord, the Holy Spirit will speak to you. Amen? Amen. So, so this is a practice that many times we have, for some reason, we have lost. You know, the church in the first century, they were an anointed people. So, so the fact that the Holy Spirit was guiding them and was, you know, speaking to them, it was a normal thing. It wasn't something like, wow, the Holy Spirit spoke to us. That was a day-to-day -day thing for them, for the early church. And here, the church of Antioch, before sending off Paul and Barnabas, they prayed and they fasted a lot. And the Holy Spirit said, I have this Two people here, two guys, bless them, you know, put their hands on them and send them off. And you can read the New Testament. You know, Paul is, is the, 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 the he, he mostly read almost the whole New Testament. And the work that Paul did in many, many communities, you know, it was because of that listening posture. And not only doing the talking, but doing the listening. And not only listening, but also putting into practice what the Lord is saying. So for us, we need, to, we, need, we need more of that. We need more of that. Number four, another practical way to continue to be filled with the Holy Spirit, discover and develop your spiritual gift. So we don't normally think about one, about. Um, you know, about one, because, you know, many, many times we say, you know, we're going to hire our staff, and our staff is going to do the work that needs to be done. I say yes. I say yes. But also, God is inviting, you know, the local church. God is inviting all of us to be part of the, of the movement, of the community, of the service, of the service of the church. So, and God has blessed us with gifts. God has blessed us with many, many gifts and when we, put in, when we put our gifts into practice, 
That gives us joy, that gives us blessings, and that allows us to get closer to the Lord. Because when we, you know, when we sing, when we serve, when we do this, when we do the things that God has called us to do, that allows us to come closer, closer to the Lord. Corinthians says there are gifts, different gifts, different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit is the one who distributes the gift to the people. Now, each one... Uh, it, uh, to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. So it is given for the blessing of the body, for the blessing of the people. So another piece that will allow us to live closer to the, to the Lord, uh, to, to, to live in the power of the Holy Spirit, is to actually be involved in the work of ministry. You know, as a pastor, as a church planter myself, you know, we train a lot of our people to serve. Many people would say, you know, pastor, you know, I don't have any gift. I don't have any gift. You know, God, I don't think God allowed me, you know, is calling me to serve. I don't see myself as a leader. But that was a good opportunity to have deep conversations with a lot of our people. Because the church is blessed when the, when the congregation is involved in the work of ministry. And that's what we're doing right now in the Reformed Church in America. Equipping churches, you know, for, with transforming, transforming, you know, developing disciples and equipping leaders for the work of ministry. And also uh, 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 helping churches to be engaged in, in local and global mission. Because that's, that's, an important, that's an important piece of our work, of our mission, and our ministry. So to be filled with the power of the Holy Spirit... You know, also being involved in the work of the church, that is an important, an important piece. And finally, you know, the, the, the fifth practical, uh, uh, um, you, know, you know, counsel that I want to give you about living in the power of the Holy Spirit, test everything against the Word. Test everything against, against the Word. So, um, so dear friends... Listen to John. This is John, 1 John. Dear friends, do not believe every, every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So test everything before the Lord. Everything you hear, everything you listen, you need to go back to Scripture. So that's why it's important. It's important to really live with Scripture. You know, to read the Bible every single day, to read the Bible every, in, the, in the evening, during the day. And if you have questions about Scripture, you know, that you have awesome pastors that can help you and can, can guide you. And the importance of, of knowing the Bible will give you, will give you, uh, will give you the opportunity to always, to always be close to the Lord. So, let us live in the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said to his disciples, do not go, stay here, because in, in, in a very few days, you will be anointed with the Holy Spirit. And you will be my witnesses, not only in Jerusalem, but you will be my witnesses in, in Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. So Jesus is inviting us to live in the power of the Holy Spirit. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you. Thank you, Lord, for the blessings of your presence. Thank you, Jesus, for coming into this world. And today, Lord, we wait for you. We wait, Lord. And while we wait, Lord, anoint us with, a blessing, with your blessing, Lord. 
Help us, Lord, to come close to you every single day of our lives. Guide us, Lord, and be with us as we seek to be your followers. We pray in your name. Amen.